Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. I'm Brian Moran, and today I want to welcome Arlene Dickinson to our show. Arlene is a venture capitalist with a significant VC fund that invests in food and beverage and the consumer goods space. Her company offers capital, marketing, programming, and distribution support to entrepreneurs in this space. Uh, She's also a co-host of the Business of Life podcast and the hit CBC show Dragon's Den, and she's a two-time best-selling author. And today, Arlene and I are going to talk about her third book, which just came out titled Reinvention, Changing Your Life, Your Career, and Your Future. With that, I'd like to welcome to the Small Business Ed Podcast, Arlene Dickinson. Hi, Brian. How are you, Arlene? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for asking. I'm really great. I'm, I'm out looking outside and in uh, Canada and there's no snow on the ground yet. So this is a win. All right. I picked the perfect time then to have our podcast. <laughs> so it's funny. I've known you for, I guess, about four or five years now. And yeah. um, I have a very funny story to tell, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it by saying, and my listeners will know that a couple of weeks ago I had Richard Werman, uh, the founder of the TED conferences, on my podcast, and Richard is a very funny guy, very funny. I call him a curmudgeon, and I say that you know with with all love and affection. But uh, I introduced him as a very special guest, and he told he he said, "Oh, Brian, what a throwaway line." Well, you're wasting your listeners' time. Why, why would you say that about me? And I said, well, what did you want me to say? He said, tell a personal story so that your listeners know that you and I know each other. And so he you know, went on for about five minutes and he yelled at me. And I kept that in my podcast. But I want to tell a funny story about when I was going up to Canada and I had some meetings and I was going to meet you. So I get to the uh, customs and I get a, a, a someone who was particularly interested in keeping me there as long as possible. And so he's saying, you know, what are you, you going to do in the country? Who are you going to meet? Are you bringing anything back to the U.S., et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I'm giving him all my details. And after about 10 or 12 minutes, I said, oh, and um, I have a meeting with Arlene Dickinson. And he stopped writing. He looked up to me and he said, really? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he picks up his, his uh, stamp. He stamps my passport. And he said, why didn't you say that in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> so now everywhere well, i know. go everywhere i go when somebody stops me i said well you know i'd love to stay but i have an appointment with arlene dickinson <laughs> like my... it's either going to get you in, in jail or out of jail <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly i thought that was the greatest thing though i i, I laughed the whole uh, rest of the way i said wow that now that's uh, a clout that's clout <laughs> Well, the the show Dragon's Den has been on TV for about fourteen years now, so um, you know it's it's uh, certainly a, a well known show in Canada, and it actually it runs in about fifty countries around the world, so it, it plays in many places. So it's it's been a it's been there's lots of interesting side stories that come out of being known from Dragon's Den. That's that's what I'm going to add to my collection, Brian. I love it. <laughs> well, my pleasure. I'm happy to add to it, and and so. Um, what I want to do, I want to talk a little bit about the, the latest book that, that's coming out. Um, but I also want to talk about just your interactions with entrepreneurs and more importantly, um, how you help them probably every single day and whether you realize it or not. But 
Let's talk about the book to start. So in the book promo that I read, it says, at 57, Arlene Dickinson's life was turned upside down. Her company was on the brink of disaster. Her sense of herself as a strong, confident leader was in tatters. She was overwhelmed by feelings of loss, fear, and shame. Five years later, her business is booming. She's never been happier or more excited about the future. She's raised tens of millions of dollars and built a whole ecosystem to help other entrepreneurs. What happened five years ago? You know, for, for what happened for me, Brian, and what created my need to reinvent myself was in the city of Calgary, which is in the Western Canada, um, had one of what I think it was the worst natural disaster in the history of Canada, which was a major flood. And the flood uh, that happened really decimated many parts of the city, including uh, my uh, office space, which was in uh, downtown Calgary, just on the outskirts by the river. And we ended up losing our space and it created a lot of havoc, uh, not just that people lost their homes, people lost um, their possessions. It, it was really a, a tragic, mm. tragic um, incident that had happened, you know, natural natural causes, you know, floods happen, but this one was particularly devastating to many things, including the economy. And it happened to impact my business significantly after being in business 30 years, you think you've seen everything and you think you've gone through everything and you think you've survived everything. But the fact of the matter is, is you never know when you're going to be hit by something that forces you to re look at yourself, relook at the business you're in, relook at kind of the situation you find yourself in and determine where you're going to go next. And, and I've always said that, you know, when people are at their, sometimes at our, at our hardest moments, whether we're experiencing a divorce or we've lost our jobs or, you know, something's happened to create a moment in time where you've had to examine your life or you're just not happy with what you're doing. That is a moment for us to be able to take stock and reinvent herself. So that, that was the pivot point for me of needing to reinvent because, you know, I found the, the business was really um, under siege as a result of the floodwaters that had risen and the um, business that was lost as a result. Wow. Um, you're hundred percent right in that, you know, you can have the best, you know, laid out plans for your business. And sometimes it's just, things that you just couldn't imagine uh, hitting you. Um, when it happened, so one day everything's great, the next day the flood hits and you, your world is turned upside down. As you were going through all of that, was there ever a doubt in your mind that you would be able to reinvent yourself? You know, I think I think I would say there's to the people that are listening to this and you know, reinvention is, it's hard and it, it, it requires a lot of work. And I'd say that maybe I would stress, you know, you, you need to have a lot of introspection. You have to have a great deal of introspection when you're going through uh, this sort of thing, because you, you don't know, you, you we all kind of think, well, I, I don't think I could do what that person's doing. I don't think that's, I'm capable of that, but we are, are, are all capable of so much more. Um, and I think the second thing you have to think about is accountability. You know, you have to be yeah. accountable to the change. And many people, um, you know, struggle with that. And then I say the last thing is purpose. Like, why are you doing this? And, you know, why do you need to do this is one thing, but why do you want to change it is another. And I think so many of us, Brian, are stymied by our own stories, you know, where we focus on obstacles um, or our own inadequacies. And, you know, so those things become the focus of our of our inner dialogue. And we're, we're thinking about all the reasons we can't or all the reasons we're not capable of doing something. And I think if we can 
you know, we're, instead of being stymied by our own stories, if only we can rewrite those stories, um, then we can change our endings. And I think that that's very scary because when we're wedded to our own story, when we think our story is what it is, and it's, you know, this is who I am, this is what I'm, have, and I'm stuck with, when we think that, um, and, and, and particularly if you think about the digital age where we're curating our stories on, you know, Facebook or Twitter or wherever for a mass audience, changing that story feels particularly difficult and threatening. So if you're out there saying, this is who I am, and this is what my story is, and you're curating that story for the world to understand, and suddenly you have to rewrite that story <laughs> because, yeah. you know, that can be really difficult. It can be very threatening. But if you're willing to look inward, which is the introspection, and take accountability for exactly where you are today, um, then you can figure out a new sense of purpose and you can reinvent yourself. So I, I think there is a process to this. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is something you just get up and say, oh, I'm going to do, go and do something completely different today. I mean, it's not, it's not like that. It is, it is process oriented. It needs to, it requires thought and patience and careful understanding of what you're going to do. And I think that scares a lot of people. Myself included. <laughs> yeah, all of us, right? It's, yeah, it's you're so right, and and so um, I, I, I'm li- I, I'm picturing my listeners who are who are listening to this right now, and they're shaking their heads, going, "Yes, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of like you're being trapped, and how right. sometimes you know you need to get out of your comfort zone, but that's you, the last place of refuge." You know, it's where you feel comfortable, right? And so what you don't realize is that that's also killing you, that you need to get out and you need to move on. So the the flood happens, everything gets turned upside down. What's the first thing that you did to reinvent yourself? You know, part of of what I talk about in the book, Brian, uh, is going to feel very counterintuitive. for instance, you know, what is the first thing? I think the first thing you need to do is look backwards, not forward. Okay. And and when I say that, um, I think everyone gets, you know, everyone understands in business. If you're a business person, you understand the value of looking behind. You understand the value of how, what took us here. Why am I here? You know, what do I need to change in order to move forward? But often in life, we get frantic, right? We we try to push forward when we feel stuck. We try to just move through it. And even though mm-hmm. we're feeling stuck, so we think we can just barrel our, our way through it. But to get truly unstuck in life, you have to, you often have to rewind pretty far back to figure out how you landed in the ditch in the first place. And, and so I think this is a, a really important point of the first thing is look back. Mm-hmm. And understand kind of what took you here and the role you played, the role, you know, what you could have done differently. Um, think about kind of how you, this is the introspection side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like for me, in, in, and whether, you know, it's, it's what, whether it's been a failed marriage or anything, a relationship, it is the learning from the past that makes us stronger in the future. You can't just barrel forward into a reinvention. Mm-hmm. You have to be purposeful in, the order, in order to not repeat the same mistakes. You have to stop and really be willing to be accountable for the decisions you've made mm-hmm. for, you know, who you are and what took you there and what got you in that ditch in the first place and what's going to dig you out of it. And and this is something many people struggle with, myself included. I mean, listen, it's not easy to sit down and say, you know what, I should have I should have seen that. 
I should have understood that could happen to me or, or even if I didn't see it, I should have maybe managed it differently. And these are things that I believe everybody can be expert at. If you, if you follow kind of this course, which is really through introspection and, um, and, um, accountability, you can figure out what I think are kind of the three pivotal points of reinvention. And and when you are, when you introspect and you are accountable, you figure out um, those three C's and that is currency, which is what you have to offer Mm -hmm. your core purpose, which is your why, why you get out of bed in the morning and context, which is understanding the world around you. So you know how to shape and mold your own reinvention Mm -hmm. in the course of the world around you. And, um, I, I think context is a lot because we are in an ever evolving world and that scares the daylights out of many of us, right? We mm, think yeah. what's happening out there, the world's a mess and why, <laughs> you know, I can't reinvent. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Are we going to all exist tomorrow is, you know, um, there's so much discomfort and an ease and anxiety out there right now. And so when you think about what you're surrounded by, which is this feeling out of control and the world is careening and what can I do about it? Only one person, what you can do about it is control your own life and think about how you can manage through this in a way that's going to give you fulfillment because you have found your purpose, because you have found your, um, what, you know, you have to offer and you understand it. And because you understand the world a little bit better around you and you know how to work inside of it, they're, they're tough things to do, but you know, I, I think they're very valuable things to do. I, I, so the three points that you make currency, mm-hmm. uh, core context, um, right. it, you know, that, that in itself could be a college course. I mean, right. where it takes you months because what you're really talking about here is something that uh, Victor Frankl, who's, you know, he wrote a book called The Meaning of A Man's Search for Meaning. And in it, he asks a question, what is the meaning of your life? And right. that is the big picture that you talk about, the why, right? And mm-hmm. and once you and you realize that that answer, your answer evolves over time. But that once you have that answer, everything else that you do in life should take you towards that goal. And it's a goal you never reach. It's just it's kind of like more of it helps you map the journey. But I love that. I love the, the you asking the why and the currency. The currency is what you have to offer. It could be time. It could be right. experience. Right. It could be anything. I mean, you know, many times people say, well, I don't have a gift. Well, yes, you do. We all have gifts. We all have skills and, and insights that nobody else shares and, and figuring out, you know, what is, what is it that I'm good at? Or, you know, what is it that I love and why do I love it? And, and thinking about, you know, the context of the world that you're operating in and whether those things, your currency and your purpose can actually fit into the world in a meaningful way actually takes you down a specific path. And it's, it's, it's very interesting because for me, I, I felt like I was, you know, I, 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 if somebody had said to me, describe yourself, Arlene, I would have said, well, I'm an entrepreneur. That's what I am. I, mm-hmm. I built this business. I built this marketing company. I, I, I run a, a business. I, I do that. But it was through this reinvention, Brian, that I actually uncovered what it really meant to be an entrepreneur. And that is doing something to me for entrepreneurialism is doing something no one else has done before that you only you can see. And by reexamining myself and thinking about what my currency was, and what my core purpose was. And my currency was, I understood entrepreneurs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had grown up helping them all my life. I had, um, I, I certainly understood business and I understood investing. And then I kind of went to, wait a minute, my core purpose is, I, you know, it's always been my family at, its, at the center of it. Mm-hmm. I have four children and five grandchildren. But then it became about helping entrepreneurs, it became this bigger core purpose I had to say, I really want to help people in the food and health business because I think the world is going to need better food and food safety and food traceability and food security and people shouldn't have to go hungry in this world. And, and then I started thinking about, well, just a minute, we also need to take care of ourselves because we're getting older and, and thought about my purpose being helping entrepreneurs in that space. And then finally, of course, you know, at the end of the day, the context was the world does need more um, food supply. The world does care about its health and food and those things are inter intertwining. So it became like, it was like a light bulb went off for me, Brian. It was like, that's what I have to do. I have to raise a fund. I have to go out and raise, you know, a hundred million dollars. I have to put my mind to this and it create an ecosystem. And so I stood up a kitchen, a commercial kitchen and an accelerator and I went and raised the capital. And that was really hard work. Mm -hmm. And it was not something I'd ever thought I would do at, you know, I was 58 years old when I started to do this. Um, so people who say they're too old or you can't do this later in life, that's not true. You right. absolutely can. You absolutely can. Sorry, I'm talking a lot here. No, I love this. I love this. And you know, it's funny. I have like, I have a hundred different questions I want to ask you right now. So I want to try and stay focused though. Um, so why is it so hard for people to change? Now you, you've been working with entrepreneurs for decades now and, and, when, when somebody needs to reinvent themselves, why is it that some people succeed where so many others fail? Uh, because ultimately, I think many just think it's easy. You know, I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to become a YouTube star. You know, right. well, listen, it's, it's hard work. It requires a plan. It requires, you know, um, it, it's, it, it requires adapting that plan to fit into your own life, right? And these are things, again, that take introspection and accountability and all the things I've been talking about. So I think it's hard because in a world where everything is made to feel easy, you know, like overnight sensation on YouTube, overnight sensation on, you know, like has a million followers on Facebook, um, right. you know, uh, suddenly these people, you know, superstar overnight, there's no such thing. Right. And the more I'm in business and the longer I work with entrepreneurs, the more you start to see this, this, this focus, this, this amazing focus that people who are driven have, the people who don't let anything deter them from reaching their goal of reinvention. That takes a tenacity and a persistence and a, a faith in oneself that can be easily swayed. And so it's very important as you go through reinvention to say out loud what it is you're going to reinvent, to reaffirm for yourself and to others that this is what you're going to become, to not be afraid to chart a different course because as you go through it, somehow maybe it's not going exactly as you want and you have to change a little bit off that course. But you know what happens, Brian? If we don't do exactly what we tell others we're going to do, somehow we, we our pride gets, you know, we're, we're worried, we, we're scared people are going to make fun of us, we don't want yeah. anybody to dismiss us. So what we do is we, 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 we rather quit than have to admit that we were somewhat wrong. Um, because it's easier to say, well, it didn't work out than it is to say, you know, it was harder than I thought. And I had to shift and course correct along the way. And it didn't quite turn out exactly what I wanted, but I stuck to it. 
that stick-to-itiveness is very difficult. Yeah, yeah. So the words I'm hearing, faith, focus, accountability, commitment, all kind of wrap themselves into the three C's that you talk about, right? right? In some way, shape, or form. They help you get from where you are now to where you want to go. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, the book, that, that's totally accurate. I mean, the, the book Reinvention uses business principles around reinvention that are adapted to fit anyone's life. Um, it's an actual plan. It's not a bunch of empty sayings. And, and I know it works because I followed it myself. I mean, basically what I was able to do is take the same thing that we do for companies and in my marketing firm, I, I have a marketing company and one of the things we do is help businesses who want to rebrand or reinvent themselves or, or invent themselves. Um, and so there's a blueprint we follow for that, that helps kind of guide the process so people can articulate it clearly so that that plan can be well understood by people around them so that they end up having, you know, goalposts of success along the way. And these are things that I've just kind of reapplied into how it works in a personal way. So whether you're reinventing your business or whether you're reinventing yourself, there is a pure um, business principle around how to do it. And like, I don't like empty things. I mean, I want to have things that are practical because, you know, life is just too, it's too many, you know, oh, you know, anybody can do it. If, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. Well, sure. If I can do it, you can do it. But how? Tell right. me how. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Right. Yeah. right. Right. Well, it, now, the other thing to remember, too, is that you really do need a good group of advisors or teammates or people around you who can, because nobody goes through it alone. Nobody can go through reinvention by themselves, can they? Um, no, I mean, listen, I think, I, I, I think nobody, you can, you can draw on resources from other people, but the real, the introspection and the ability to really kind of gather your strength, I think is a fairly lonely exercise and that it does take a discipline that only you yourself can do. So sometimes, um, people are really eager to tell you what you should do with your life. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but <laughs> a lot of people are pretty darn eager to tell me what sure, to do with my sure. life on a regular basis. So do you want, you know, when you start asking too many people's opinions, you can easily be, again, swayed. So I think it is at the beginning very much an exercise for you. It is an exercise where you sit down and you gather your own strength and your own courage and you you start to think about yourself differently and, and you don't get dissuaded or swayed by somebody who sees you as a certain way. I mean, how many times do you hear from people who said, my parents wanted me to be a lawyer and I went to law school, but really I wanted to be an artist. And so yeah. I finally, you know, quit law school because I love art. Um, it's because we spend our lives trying to please other people instead of figuring out what it is we are ourselves. And I think, and it's, so it makes, um, when I say that, I think reinvention is super uncomfortable. And that's why you need a plan because otherwise the average person won't stick to it. I mean, it's like exercise, right? Anyone can join a gym, Yeah. but yeah. getting fit requires classes or a gym buddy or a trainer. And, and this book provides a plan for change that strips it down to essentials and helps you survive that discomfort because it, it is discomfortable. Right. But it's, it's the difference between commitment and motivation. You're motivated yeah. to do certain things, but you know, like when you talk about exercise, you know, three weeks into the program and your muscles are still sore and it's raining out and maybe it's cold and you say, I'm going to skip the gym today. 
That's when you shift yeah. from commitment to motivation. Um, Clayton Christensen talked about extenuating circumstances. He said, if you are committed to change, you cannot allow for extenuating circumstances because the second you open the door, you you know you offer yourself an excuse for something is the beginning of your decline back into the hole that you're trying to climb out of. It's so true. I mean, listen, the the flood could have been, you know, the the marketing business would not my marketing business, which is one of the things that I I have as um, and I've had that business for thirty years. So it's a very it's a legacy business for me that actually had deep emotional connection to me. It wasn't necessarily where I was making my money, but it was very much connected to who I was. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, when that flood happened, the easy thing would have been to say, well, let's just shut it down. You know, like it's, it's had its run. Right. And, and yet all I could think about was, no, it, it needs to just reinvent itself into something different. And, and that's, that was kind of the path because I'll, you think about the people's jobs and you think about the clients and, you, and all that can kind of, you can easily dismiss all that and say, yes, but I can't help. There was a flood. It changed everyone's life. Or you can say, wait a minute, there was a flood and what can I do now with this? And is there a way to, to out of the, out of the, the sogginess and the, the drowning of the things that, you know, occurred through that, you know, the, the literal drowning of the business, how do you bring it back to life? And, and can you, and saying that out loud, is hard to do when everybody's looking at you saying, well, just why bother Arlene? You know, why bother? So I'm sure your listeners have all been in a place where they kind of still had some hope, but somebody was saying, Oh, don't, you know, don't, don't do it. You're just, why would you do that? And yet you saw it and nobody else could see it, but you easily got talked out of it because you knew it was going to be hard and you wouldn't have any support. And sometimes you don't get the support you want. You just have to do it yourself. So it's it a test. Like it's too, you know, the flood was a it test. It is a test. The flood, the flood, yeah. And I, I think I could have, um, I don't think it would have been a fail for me to, to shut it down, but it wouldn't have been a success. It would have just right. been a, a, a bad ending. That's what it would have been. It would have been a sad ending and a bad ending as opposed yeah. to what, what can I do now? So, and as I said, like, you know, I've been through divorces. I've, I've, it's, it's hard to reinvent yourself. You, you, you know, you suddenly your spouse of 20 years is gone and you look at yourself and you say, well, who, who, who's going to want to marry me? I'm 50 years old. I don't have any career. I have nothing, but maybe you make the world's best damn cookies and you can turn it into a cookie <laughs> business because you're really good at it. Like whatever right. that is. Right. I don't mean to in any way disrespect you know, somebody who's doing that. I think that's actually a really, you know, that's something that could happen. I think, wasn't Mrs. Fields or Mrs. Fields. That, yeah, wasn't yeah. that her story? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the, the, um, you know, and, and I guess maybe I, I want to get, I, I, I'm, I am an eternal optimist who's kind of slowly pulled been pulled back into becoming more of a realist. But, you know, when I hear the story about the flood, it's almost like, it was it like a cleansing? You know, it, it certainly wasn't that way for everybody. I'm sure there were people who died and there were people who lost everything who, who may not have since recovered. You know, that's, that's what it does. When something like that happens, it, it becomes like a fork in the road and you can choose to, you know, everybody got knocked down and it's a question of, do you choose to stay down or you, do you choose to get back up? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, when you get back up, 
the way I would look at that is, okay, I've lost everything, but now I have a white sheet of paper in front of me so I can become anything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and did you find people in Calgary that did that, that, that chose to see that as a cleansing and, and where are they now? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was so busy focused on what I was doing that, uh, yes, th- there were certainly businesses, homes had to re- be rebuilt, lives had to be rebuilt. Um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of change that happened in the province and in the city as a whole when this all happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe a lot of reinvention was going on all around me, but when you're in the middle of your own reinvention, you, you're so focused and so right, driven right. by that. You're not paying probably enough attention to the struggle everyone else is having at the same time. But yeah, I, there was a lot of it going on for sure. How, how important, you mentioned faith earlier. How important a role does faith or religion or spirituality play in reinvention? Well, listen, I think that's it's an incredibly personal thing. So what mm-hmm. I would say, you know, for me, I was, uh, my, my, my dad taught me to have faith in myself that, and I think that, that most entrepreneurs have a true, they're so driven by the vision they see and they have to kind of create a Teflon will, you know, you have to have this willpower that can let, let anything that's thrown at it just slide away because there's a lot of competing forces that will take you off the faith you have in yourself. Yes. So whether you turn to prayer, whether you turn to meditation, whether you turn to just sheer kind of um, will and, and desire to to reach your purpose in life, whatever that is, I think it's very important to have a North Star. And so, yes, I think having a North Star that says my purpose matters to me, I want to leave a mark behind that is meaningful you know we all are going to depart this world so what is the footprint you leave behind does it get lost as the waves come up and on the shore or does it does it create a bridge for somebody else to walk down and I think you know if we think about leaving something behind for others in this world then I think faith uh, in your purpose faith in your north star is very important I love that and and I think that not enough people including entrepreneurs have that North Star, those guiding principles in business and life. Um, all right, we're kind of in the home stretch, and I cannot believe, I feel like it's five minutes into this conversation, but <laughs> I, I, I could talk to you all day about this and about all your other, you know, Thanks, lessons sir. for people and everything. I think it's fantastic. I love what you do. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I see you do on social media is you are such a giver. You, you share human experiences, you share your own worries and, and self-doubt and whatnot. And I see the response that people, you know, it's almost like, I feel like you do it as much for other people as you do for yourself. You know, I, I like to say we all have a cross that we carry in life and you're not afraid. And maybe this is what you've learned in your life, but you're not afraid to show your cross to other people so that they might learn from you. Is that what you see happening when you interact with them on Twitter? Yeah. You know, I, 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 um, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really good question. Like I, when I started, uh, tweeting on, on, I, 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 when I started kind of putting out more personalized messaging, 
onto Twitter. I did it because I was so dismayed. I, I had there was some shootings that had happened at a mosque in in Pittsburgh. I, yeah. I and about a year ago, just over a year ago now. And I remember Brian waking up in the morning and it was early morning here. And I was reading about this and, and I started to cry and, and, and I thought, you know, and I thought, how many times am I reading the news these days where everything is just, it's, it's just overwhelmingly full of hate and, and, um, horrible consequences for people who've done nothing wrong. And as a result, I thought, what can I, again, what can I do about that? I can't really change the world or can I change my world and the people that I interact with? And so I decided to say, you know what, maybe there's just little steps that we can all take every day to make this world a kinder place. And I I did my first tweet around, let's start there. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need to, again, we don't, you can't boil the ocean right away. Water takes time to boil. And so it's one little degree at a time. And, and so I started that and I got an enormous amount of response to it. And then I just decided what's the point in not saying to people that, you know, I don't, sometimes I don't like my, sometimes I hate the way I look and I don't like my body. And sometimes I feel really down and I have anxiety and there's times that I, you know, I, 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 I make dumb decisions and, you know, I almost lost one of my businesses and, and I did it because, you know, of a flood and these things, this sharing, I think of human life is critical because we're losing the, we're losing the narrative on communication and we're so busy shorthanding everything and tweeting nastiness at each other that we lose an opportunity to just tell people that it's okay to be afraid and it's okay to have fears and it's okay to not always love yourself the way, you know, you're told to. And, um, and so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that I'm not, you know, I've got a lot of challenges. I've got a lot of issues and I'm, and people see me on television and they see, you know, they see, Oh, she's successful. And, you know, she has everything going for her. And, and that to me is the wrong narrative. Yes. I've, I've done, you know, I've had good success. I've been super lucky, but that doesn't mean that I haven't, you know, I came from poverty. I, I, I was an immigrant to the country. I, we've gone through a lot of stress and I think sharing the, the, Mm-hmm. probably over answering your question, Brian, no, but I, I think, a, and I apologize. I think sharing who you are, not who people see you to be right. is very important. And the, and when you have given, been given the gift of a platform, which I have been given the gift of, um, I think you have to use it responsibly and quit. You know, it's not about always showing up in the Chanel outfit. It's not always looking perfect. It's not always filtering everything. It's, in fact, I, I don't do that, at, you know, like, yeah, I, I do have, you know, nice clothes and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what's important to me. And what's important to me is, are we, you know, do we help each other? And I know I sound way more philanthropic. I am a capitalist. I, I love business. I, I care deeply about you know, I, I always say I like capitalism with a heart. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think we need no, more capitalists with hearts. Um, you know, how many of us have met people who struggle or every day they get up and say, I just want to be rich. Well, if that's your goal in life, if that's your North Star, you're, you, you, you might get there, but it's not going to be enough. It, it will never right. be enough. Right. Um, right. And I, I know that's easier to say when you have wealth, but trust me, as somebody who came from none, 
Mm -hmm. The happiest I've ever been is when I've been satisfied with who I am as a person, not with what I possess as an individual. There's a book, um, and I'm reading it right now, uh, with your book, by the way. Uh, but have you ever heard of a book called Being Aware of Being Aware by Rupert No, it Spira? sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's fantastic. And these are the kinds of books I read with a highlighter. But it sounds like with your book, it's all about the journey, the journey in life. And I think that's what reinvention is about. It's about if you get stuck or you need to pivot or you need to completely overhaul your life. One, what you're saying is it's okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to admit that you failed, but you're not a failure. We all fail, right? Right. And, right. and, and damn it, move off the spot you're on because it's not getting you where do you want to go. So whether it's a slight turn or it's changing the car that you're in or whatever it is, do it and don't be, you can be afraid, but don't allow that fear to stop you from achieving your goals in life of what you want to be, what the meaning of your life is. That's what I'm getting from our conversation today. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, that's, that's right, Brian. I think our pride can be our biggest enemy. Yeah. And feeling and and facing your 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 mistakes and especially when they're public mistakes, you know, admitting you were wrong, um, apologizing for, you know, I had to apologize the other day to to somebody because I hadn't done um, I hadn't sent something I said I would send, and I felt I I really felt like you know it's these things where you really have to take ownership of your part in this as opposed to blaming somebody else. You have to take ownership and the things you do in life. And the more you can own it, the more you realize that it's not fatal if you make a mistake and it's not the end of the world, you know, bankruptcy, things like this, these things are where it can feel, I mean, it, it's horrible. It's a terrible yeah. time in your life. It's yeah. overwhelmingly hard, but it, you know, it's not about what other people think of you through that time. It's what you then turn around and do with that. That matters the most. And I, and I, I, I hope that doesn't sound in any way to any listener um, trait because I, it is not meant to be in any way other than to say you have it in you. You are stronger than you think. And, and, and by, by digging deep into who you are and by realizing that everybody makes mistakes, everybody's got, you know, things that they wish they could have done differently. Um, and it's okay. It's totally yeah. okay. That's what life is. It's a series of lessons. Um, yeah. anyway. My listeners know this <laughs> about me. 12 years ago, I had a very successful print publishing company. And then the Great Recession hit. And it bowled right. me over. And I went bankrupt. I lost yeah. every, everything except for my house. I was able to yeah. keep that. And talk about just getting knocked to your knees. And that's why I'm so um, inspired by the things that you're saying. Because I know firsthand what that's like. You know, and where you have to, and I went back into corporate America, I got a very good job, you know, and, and, and somebody was, would looked at me and said, okay, we'll hire you, you know, it was a pretty big company, but I, I didn't allow that, you know, two years later, I went back out on my own. And that was through a friend yeah. of mine. He said, you know, some people were born to be corporate leaders. Some people were born to be entrepreneurs and you, Brian, you were born to be an entrepreneur. So what are you doing? Why are you letting this failure define the rest of your life when it could just define 
two years of it. And, oh, Brian, I love that story. I love that story. I mean, uh, think of what you, I, I can't imagine what you went through when that um, was happening and having to face people and say you were going bankrupt and feeling like yeah. there was no hope and you didn't know what you were going to do and you have a family and you're dealing with that. And I can't even imagine what that was. Yeah. And look at you now. I mean, you have been, you have reinvented yourself in the best possible of ways <laughs> and you have found a purpose. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. No, you're right. And you know what? And, and I will, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I'm in a, in a slight reinvention right now. As, as you yeah. and I speak, um, yeah. you know, uh, 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 so I had two companies and the, and the second company I started didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And so as we speak today, my listeners know this, that I am reinventing that company and that's painful. And, mm-hmm. and but yet I see the growth and I know I always say, where am I going to be a year from now? I'm still going to be here, God willing, and, and I'm going to be in a better position than I am right now, but I made a mistake. I made a mistake in this business, and now i got to fix it, and I'm okay with that because I, I hear people like you and, and Richard Worman, who also went, uh, I think, I don't know if he went bankrupt, but he you know told a story when he was in his mid-40s that he had no money, and other incredibly successful people who have... Um, you know, it's like a roller coaster ride. You and I joked around about that. You know, my wife, I told my wife she was getting on a Ferris wheel, and unfortunately, she got on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, and, and she didn't sign up to even go to the amusement park. She right. didn't even know that that's her. Right. She thought but, she was but, going to the movies. <laughs> but I, 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 love, I love what you said there about, first of all, you've done two things. I mean, I think a good reinvention and the best reinvention only happens when you say it out loud and you are declaring it to the world. And so that embeds it in your mind. It's something you're saying, I'm reinventing. I've had these challenges. This is what I'm now going to do. And this is where I'm headed and admitting it, not just to yourself first, but then also saying it out loud gives you the courage to carry on because now you have said to other people, you have drawn a line in the sand and say, I'm going to go do this. And, you know, I think that's, a big piece of it. So I'm really proud of what you've done. I, I have watched you and listened to you and seen all the things you've done from when we first met. And I think you have reinvented yourself and that doesn't mean you're going to not have to reinvent yourself again. We all have many lives that we can live. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not stuck. We're not stuck. Thank you. Well, it, it's yeah. funny. In that book that I, I mentioned, the being aware of being aware, I, a friend of mine, Pat Croce, who I also had on my podcast, told me about that. And, and when we were talking, he, he said, vulnerability is invincibility. Yeah. And I went, wow, that's, that's so good because we, everybody spends their you know, waking hours putting on the body armor and they think that's what makes them invincible is that they, yeah. you know, they, they hold everything inside and they don't share their struggles or their worries or their fears. And what you realize is that when you share them, you it's like you, when you run towards a mountain, it becomes a molehill. But when you run away from a molehill, it becomes a mountain. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. face these fears, you face these doubts. And that's what I love. That's the message that I'm getting from our conversation. Face it. Don't be afraid of it. It won't kill you. As Nietzsche said, right? If it doesn't kill me, it's going to make me stronger. And I feel like every reinvention has made me stronger. And I certainly see that in you. Right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, this has been, thanks. wow, this has been unbelievable. I, I really appreciate the time that you took today to speak to me and my listeners about your book, Reinvention. And I'll put on the podcast page where they can get it, but I'm assuming they can order it online, right? Yes, Amazon. Yeah, they can get it online through Amazon. Okay. Um, and, and um, you know, at uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure through other booksellers, but I, uh, I, Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. And to your listeners, I, um, you're not too young, you're not too old, you're not too, you're not too, you know, you, you, you do have value. And uh, you, you, your biggest hope is when you start to believe in yourself. So give yourself a, a chance and you'll be surprised at what you can do. I love it. Oh, wow. Arlene, thank you. Thank you for everything Thanks, that you do every day for entrepreneurs around the world and uh i think your you your legacy only grows every single day with with that thanks Brian. and uh Thank i would love to have you back on when you write your next best-selling book maybe sooner maybe sooner all right to my listeners um bookmark this podcast because you're going to want to refer to it time and time again i think there's so many great insights in here and and i hope you've enjoyed our podcast today i as always i appreciate you taking the time to listen and to give me your feedback and your questions and your comments and uh, let's continue on this journey together uh have a great day and we'll talk to you soon you've been listening to the small business edge podcast with brian moran sponsored by pitney bones please visit our website smallbusinessedge.com for a listing of future podcasts